As my football fan friend Zach Duncan always says, it's time to pass out the ammo and go to war. Not literally, don't worry. But we are going to talk a little pigskin today on the program with one of the all-time greats. His name is Sam Ball, former Henderson County Colonel, Kentucky Wildcat, and Baltimore Colt. Yes, he was on the Baltimore Colts team that won it all back in 1970, and he's got the proof on his finger, wears it with pride on a daily basis. He played with many other all-time greats, which I know you'll recognize, and made lots of lifelong memories, which he will discuss with us as we go along. Of course, we will get his advice for aspiring pigskin professionals, and we will talk a little bit about his 2018 induction into the Kentucky Athletic Hall of Fame. So while you finish decking your halls and scurrying through the malls for those last-minute bargains, get ready to lend your ears to Season 4, Episode 11 of Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Rockfield to Rochester, Rumsey to Radcliffe, nobody but nobody covers the Commonwealth like we do here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass as we explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here at the delightful and very decorative North Quail Motel in Precious Henderson KY. Now when I say we explore and celebrate all things Kentucky, I mean it. And we've proven that to you over the past month with great guests like Byron Crawford from Kentucky Living Magazine who formerly hosted KET's Kentucky Life program. We've also featured Joel Utley, the longtime basketball play-by-play voice for the Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers. Last week, we were lucky enough to have Kimberly Burrow, a nurse practitioner from Henderson's Deaconess Hospital, in our very first Healthcare Hero Spotlight. And this week, we're going to be talking a little football with one of the legends, Mr. Sam Ball, a former high school collegiate and NFL standout. So we're not afraid to tackle anything around here. Bring on those suggestions, questions, and comments for the show via email. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. Also, don't forget about the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Just search Blabbing in the Bluegrass. When you get to Facebook, that'll take you right to us. And if you're not already liking and following the page, gang, you're missing out. Because all of my previous shows are on there. 
If you missed any of them or just want to relive some of them, they are all at your fingertips. You can also stay informed with teasers about future shows as they are presented. That's typically once a week. You can make comments, leave messages. I love hearing from you via that platform as well. And you can listen and subscribe to the program without paying one thin dime via one of four podcast directories and more to come. But for now, you can hit us up on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Verbal. And no reason for you not to be here with me once a week because I'm only half of this deal. It takes two. Well, actually a lot more than two. But you get my drift and you need to be here, okay? Now some of the people that Sam Ball and I mentioned in the interview, which will hopefully uh, make it a little more meaningful to you, are uh, Ralph Hacker, which as many of you know was the longtime color commentator for Kaywood Ledford on the UK radio network, later became the uh, play-by-play voice of the Cats. We talked about him. Also, Bill Curry, former UK football coach, who Sam's son, Shane Ball, actually played for. Yep, like Sam, Shane actually played for Kentucky, and he played under former UK football coach Bill Curry. Also, Rob Romley, who was the longtime TV voice of the Kentucky Wildcats back when a lot of the games were on tape delay. We also briefly touch on him. So, with that... Enjoy it. I know that you will love hearing Sam and all his many, many stories from the gridiron. But before we get to Sam, you know the drill. I have to do a bluegrass brain buster. We try to have one of these each and every week. I do want to remind you that there will be no show next week. We are taking the week after Christmas off. That gives you a chance to catch up on recent shows that you didn't get a chance to hear. Maybe unrecent shows that you didn't get a chance to hear. If you're new to the program... You can uh, go back to the early days. All the shows are on the Facebook page, like I said. You can also find them uh, via our podcast directories, too. But that'll give you a chance to get caught up, and we will be back with more new episodes starting Wednesday, January the 5th. Okay, our next new show will be Wednesday, January 5th. But with that, here is this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. I want to know the height and weight of the replica bats attached to the world-famous Louisville Slugger Museum. Again, I want to know the height and weight of the replica bat attached to the world-famous Louisville Slugger Museum. You brainstorm that while we listen to Sandball, and I will let you know the answer at the conclusion of today's program. Good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Boy, am I beyond blessed to introduce to you folks a living legend whose name you may know from the Henderson County Colonels, the Kentucky Wildcats, the Baltimore Colts, or maybe from all three. He was an offensive lineman who achieved great success on each of those teams, and he has agreed to join us and discuss his extensive football playing career for us and uh, the awards that he's won, the Super Bowl ring that he's got, among many, many other things that maybe we can drag out of him. So let's make welcome none other than the one and only Sam Ball. Thank you, big guy. That's a nice introduction. Well, I may uh, try to... Copyright that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is the Sam and Sam show, which we can't say that about uh, all of these podcasts that I do, but uh, but we can today. And uh, how old are you now, Sam? Uh, I'm 
You should live gracefully, sir. 77 is is a great age. And uh, for those people that have maybe lost track of you, uh, bring us up speed on the, how you're spending your time these days in retirement. Well, retirement's good. I retired at 55 from my corporate job in agribusiness. You know, I did that for right at 30 years. And then I went to work to really fix up my farm and, and my professional speaking career there's some people know i do that i've been a lot of places even canada even canada you know there's a town in kentucky called canada <laughs> oh there it is yeah i think it's, it's right in... down the road from my farm is mexico mexico there we go <laughs> <laughs> that's right your farm's in uh your farm's in crittenden county isn't it that's right i got gotcha. you about 400 acres there and i built like a neat cabin and and my son now has built a neat house, and so. Uh, okay, so you, I guess you split your time between Henderson and uh, Crittenden County, then, don't you? Not as much as I used to, because they've taken my driving privileges away. So. Oh well. The day when I went to church, I had to ask a friend to take me. So. I see. No, no problem. But at least you still get down there every so often. <laughs> that, oh yeah. That's well, good to tur- hear. Turkey hunting, deer hunting. Oh yeah, you've got to you got to go hunting. That's that's a must oh, yeah. in the fall and the spring. <laughs> but anyway, now uh, Sam, when did you first develop an interest in football? Mm, I remember when I was in grade school, the guys from County High that played ball, uh, they act like they just really had a great camaraderie and a great love affair together. And that, that's how I wanted to be one of those kind of guys. I see. see. My dad ran off when I was nine years old. And I didn't know about going fishing with daddies or throwing the football or camping out. Well, that all changed when I had my children. But uh, my football really was my family for a long, long, long time, you know. Sure. And Mojo was a big, big part of my life. And, Mojo Hollowell, and, uh, he was a great one. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, speaking of your children, you were telling me a little bit ago you've got three of them, one son and uh, two twin daughters, right? That's correct. Shannon, Shelly, and Shane. Shannon, Shelly, and Shane. They're the, the, three, the three SHs. got to keep the S in the family, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Now, uh, who were some of your favorite football players and teams growing up as a child? Well, you know, the University of Kentucky, that's all they talked about over at the K Station. Sure. I used to hang out at Jimmy Ward's Sinclair Station, washing windshields and stuff. They talked a little bit about Western, a little bit about Mary. They talked a whole lot about Kentucky. So I was interviewed once by a lady in Lexington. I said, that's got to be the place to go, Kentucky, because that's the one that gets all the conversation. And it's our state university and that sort of thing. So, there, amen, yeah, so amen. The, yeah. <laughs> and um, I know the NFL was out there, but they didn't have very much coverage back then, at least not around here, did they? 
Well, when I was in college, about the only thing you could get was the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, I, yeah. I knew about the Baltimore Colts and the famous horseshoe helmets because Mojo played with Johnny Unitas at Louisville. And Johnny Unitas was his godfather on his first son, Oh, Dooley. interesting. So, <clears throat> Did not know that Hollowell United played just together. because of Mojo and that connection. Well, that's neat. And, of course, you were teammates with Unitas, and we'll we'll talk about oh. that here a little bit as we go along. Now, um, when when was it that you first set foot on a football field, Sam? It would have probably been at Weaverton Elementary, <clears throat> the Weaverton Cardinals, and we didn't have much equipment and uh, – I reckon then after that would have been uh, <clears throat> a freshman at, at County High, you know. Well, that's neat that they had football at the elementary level. None of the elementary schools, at least not here, have football these days. But, uh, but anyway, it's neat that you got to play at Weaverton. Now, were you, uh, were you an old lineman throughout your whole career? people I chose to be an old lineman because that's where the money the women the prestige <laughs> get to handle the ball about once in a lifetime you know. <laughs> I love it <laughs> there you go that's that's where it's at at least at least in say a ball's book now uh while you were a member of the Henderson County Colonel football team during those four years that uh, your team compiled an impressive record of 32 wins, two losses, and two ties. What would you say was... 32, two, and two. That's, that's pretty right. That's pretty impressive. Now, what would you say was the biggest key to uh, that incredible record during your time at County, sir? We had four, five, or six guys that started playing together from freshman all the way through. And uh, we had some good talent. A lot of guys didn't want to play for Mojo because it was... Mojo was tough, and he oh, wanted tough imagine. guys to play for him that would hit people. And so a lot of guys didn't come out, but the ones that did were my buddies and teammates, and we used to win a lot of games. Like oh, I yes. Said, we won 32. 32, 2, and 2. Now, Mojo later went on coach at Owensboro, didn't he? Mojo left Henderson and went to somewhere up in Indiana. Oh, then gotcha. he came back home uh, to Union County, and then he wound up over at Owensboro uh, Catholic. Oh, Owensboro Catholic. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, what was the deepest playoff run that you made while you were in school? What is the biggest what? What's the, the longest playoff run that you made in, in high school? We didn't have playoffs those days. City High. City High won on the, and won the state championship when I was a sophomore. Oh, the Flash won and, the state title. <clears throat> you know, we had three. There were three fabulous teams, City, County, and Douglas. Douglas was undefeated. We were undefeated my sophomore year. And City High went on to beat Fort Thomas in the state championship. So oh, anytime. there was a lot of great football teams in town. Anytime you can beat days. the Bluebirds, that's saying something. But uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I played with a couple of them in college. That's pretty cool. 
Oh, yeah, that was neat. <laughs> you get to play with some Ford Thomas folks. Uh, That's correct. At, uh, at the college level. coaches wound up being on our coaching staff, too, when I played for Kentucky, yeah. Oh, so one of Ford Thomas's former coaches went on to coach on UK yes. staff. Homer Rice, yeah. Homer Rice. I think I've heard that name before. Now, um, tell us how you ultimately ended up wearing the uh, big blue as a Kentucky Wildcat, and tell us what uh, what attracted you uh, to Kentucky. Well, you know, like I say, the good old boys at the St. Clair Station, that's who they wanted to talk about all the time. And uh, it's our state university, and, you know, if you read the newspaper, the team that gets most of the press is Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, that's... T- I just thought, you know... If you're only going to live once, you might as well line up and play with, with the big boys. <laughs> and it turned out pretty good. Exactly. Now, uh, did you get any scholarships from other colleges? Just curious. I had offers from 42 schools. 42 schools. Look at you. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't make all those visits, but I could have stayed, you know. But I, that, all that went on in Colonel basketball season and rabbit hunting, so... So, I only went to two or three of them, and I knew where I wanted to go all along. Yeah, even before you made those few visits. <laughs> Plus, you had basketball <laughs> seasons and, and, and hunting, so you were a busy man. And the the, uh, the Colonel basketball team was, was pretty good in those days, too, weren't they? Not bad. We had the tallest team in Kentucky. and I always tell people I led the Colonels in rebounds, fouls, and muggins. <laughs> I had one guy, he said, Coach, sound balls beating me up every day. And I don't, this is not football, this is basketball. Somebody needs to tell him to leave. And he said, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's funny. Now, um, was it John Ray that you played for at Kentucky? I played for Charlie Bradshaw. Bradshaw, okay. If you know anything about Sam Ball, to survive Charlie Bradshaw, that's like coming out of Vietnam unscathed. Oh, he put you he through wanted, it, huh? He wanted to be the next Bear Bryant. See, he played, he played for Bear Bryant at the University of Kentucky. And then he went off to the Marine Corps. And when he came back from that, he got on Bear Bryant's coaching staff. And then they fired Blanton Collier and hired Charlie Bradshaw. And the irony is that two years later, after they fired Blanton Collier, he won the NFL championship with the Cleveland Browns. Really? So they fired him in college, and then he went to the NFL and won a title. <laughs> he, that's exactly right. Oh, that's... He had Jim Brown, and he had some very really great ball players. That is ironic. Now, um, <laughs> you know, I've always heard, speaking of Bear Bryant, I've always heard back in 1950 uh, when Bear Bryant won the title at Kentucky, and so did Adolph Rupp, well... Uh, supposedly, Adolph Rupp got a Cadillac and uh, Bear Bryant got a watch. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I was going to say, is there Makes any truth to that? That's a story anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that story a thousand times. But... Yeah. I'm... <laughs> that is a good story, even if, it, even if that's not exactly how it went down. But anyway, you spent uh, you spent three years starting on the offensive line at... Uh, at Kentucky. Uh, tell me about some of your most memorable moments and games while you were 
in a Kentucky Wildcat <clears throat> uniform. But, you know, first of all, we got beat really bad at Florida State. I mean, bad, 46-6. Oh, by the Seminoles. And, uh, yeah. Was that your yeah, first year? to Lexington the next year. We beat them in Lexington. Oh, you and got revenge a year later. walking home back to the football house where we lived. I just had a kind of a glow about me. And then we beat Tennessee when I was a uh, junior in Knoxville. And that was a big deal. We got back home to the airport, and all the football players got a coonskin cap. I don't know where they got that many, but they had them for us. But they had them. So that's pretty cool. And, oh, that's uh, neat. So yeah, we I won think... a lot of games. Now, you know, um... Kentucky managed to beat Florida this year, but in my lifetime, Kentucky's wins over Florida have been hard to come by. Did y'all ever beat Florida? We didn't play Florida. We oh. played Florida State. Played oh, okay. LSU. Played Georgia. I see. Played Tennessee. <laughs> so the Gators we were never, never on the schedule. We didn't play Florida or Alabama. Oh, he didn't have to play Alabama either. <laughs> no. I gotcha. Well, I'm sure... I'm sure with you in the lineup, they they would have gotten. And, of course, um, I know in your days, y'all played at the old Stahl Field, didn't you? Yes. And yeah. when, I was, when I went to college and looked around at some of these other schools, uh, Kentucky's field was the biggest, and 30-some and thousand people had seats, you know. And then uh, gotcha. John Ray come up there and said, if we were going to, to attract a lot of ball players, we got to get a good stadium. So it, it became Commonwealth. I never played in Commonwealth. I played my whole career in Stoll Field. But it's Stoll Field. That was our little private little acre that we defended, you know. Yeah, you tried to protect that home turf. <laughs> now almost everybody's got at least 50,000, 60,000 seats. But, oh, mercy. <laughs> the most I ever played against was 93,000 out in Los Angeles. Ninety-three thousand. When I was a pro, yeah. What was that? I played in some pretty good venues. I even played in. Uh, let me think. Yankee Stadium. We we played the uh, New York Giants in Yankee Stadium and beat them. <laughs> oh yeah, so, so that was in your pro days. You played New York Giants at Yankee Stadium and beat them. That's neat. Now, uh, now, who did you play? Uh, who did you play in Los Angeles in front of 93,000? The Rams. Oh, the Rams, okay. The L.A. Yeah. Rams. We yeah. played in the Coliseum. I see. But there were some big stadiums, you know. Tennessee probably wasn't over 100,000 back then, but it was big, big. But it was, so yeah. was Georgia and some of those other big southern schools. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's neat. Those I know those stadiums have always been pretty good size. Now, um... What um what were some of the the bowl games that you went to at Kentucky? Well, what I got was all <laughs> all star games. I played in the North South Shrine game. I played in the Senior Bowl. I played in the All American game. Okay, yeah, those college all star games. <laughs> those college bowls. We came one game short. We lost to Houston in the Astrodome. We come back the next week. We lost because Norton, our quarterback, our All American quarterback, he got hurt against Houston. So our bowl games went out the door 
when we lost our quarterback. Oh, yeah, that quarterback injury hurts. Yeah. That, that, that really hurt me bad, Sam, because I couldn't help my teammates. What We really wanted to bring get Kentucky a bowl. We walked, the guys that were tough enough to stay with Charlie Bradshaw, we worked our guts out trying to go to and win a bowl game. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> but those came back, came one bowl, one game short. Oh goodness! Well, those, those all star bowls, those definitely count though. Now, did you, uh, did, did you ever get interviewed by Kaywood Ledford? Uh, <laughs> I, I did the color for for UK television. And Kaywood was right next door to me in the radio booth. So I know Kaywood. I got a couple of pictures with him, and and uh, well, that's awesome. Yeah, I know Mister Kaywood. Now who? Um, who did you do uh, color with on TV? On TV, it was Ralph Hacker. Oh, so it was you and Ralph Hacker. Yeah, oh, gotcha. That's neat. Uh, you never worked with Rob Bromley, did you? No, no, no. He no. came on later. He came on later. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that might have been. Uh... I know Rob Bromley though. Yeah, he he just retired a few years ago, but he was the. Uh, UK announcer on the television side for a lot of years, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah, he was mostly on the sidelines, wasn't he? Yeah, he did some uh, sideline reporting too, and in the huddle during basketball season. But uh, he would always do those tape delay games whenever Kentucky would, uh, you know, they they play at like six or seven, and back in those days, a lot of times the games would be aired on TV at like ten thirty at night, <laughs> and a lot of times you'd hear Rob on those games. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Rob's a nice man. Yeah, I've heard he's good people. <laughs> I'd love to meet him. But at any rate, Sam, uh, describe what uh, what you were thinking and and feeling when you were a first round draft pick by the Baltimore Colts in nineteen sixty six. Well, it's kind of unique. I was in New York City for the Ed Sullivan Show. Oh. And while that was going on, both the AFL and the NFL drafted. So as soon as I got off the airplane, the guys from the AFL had some contracts we wanted to sign. And the NFL sent a babysitter so these other guys couldn't get a hold of me. <laughs> oh, they wanted, to, <laughs> they so, wanted to keep you to themselves. That's oh. right. You know, they some of these hot prospects, they took them out the country and hit them away from the other league. So they, they sent a, a Babe McCarthy, the guy I think his name was, owned the Evansville store. And everywhere I went, he went. And uh, like I say, they took me up into a room in the Waldorf Astoria and said, you stay there for a while, Sam. Your number's coming up real soon. And so to be a number one draft choice, I'm a country boy from the airline road in Henderson, Kentucky. That's pretty tall corn. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't have chose chose better than the Baltimore Colts. Oh, no, I I couldn't agree more. But, yes, you you ended up going there. But the the Jets actually tried to. The Jets offered offered me, uh, yeah. I was the number two draft choice for the Jets. Yeah. Like I say, I wanted to play with the big school, Kentucky. I wanted to play for the big, big team and the pros, and the Jets were still were still in the AFL, 
and it come back to bite me in the tail three years later. Oh and yeah, beat, beat us in Super Bowl three. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk more about uh, Super Bowl three momentarily, but yes, that you know you did end up having quite a bit of success with the Baltimore Colts. Now, who do you uh, who do you pull for in the NFL now? Do you pull for the Indianapolis Colts or the Ravens? Well, they're still the Colts for me. Uh, and I pulled for the Ravens. Baltimore was a great town to play in, and I'm a hunter, and I used to get to, I tell people I hunted for the Pentagon, and the Baltimore Colts were the only ones allowed there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had goose hunting and deer hunting and duck hunting, and we even won squirrel hunting. There was two or three country boys on the pro team I played on, so. That's what we did on our day off. So I guess you're sort of your loyalty sort of split between Indy and, and Baltimore then. <laughs> yeah, the horseshoe helmet still draws me. That horseshoe helmet's something that you can still relate to quite nicely. Now, what were um, what were some of the biggest adjustments that you needed to make in uh, transitioning from college football to playing well, at the professional? Here's what the deal was: I didn't have any black teammates until I went to Baltimore. Oh, uh-huh. And they're great ball players, and uh, I played with seven NFL Hall of Famers, and Jim Parker and, and, and Lenny Moore. You know, you don't get any better than those two guys. And uh, oh no, well there were seven NFL Hall of Famers that I wound up playing with, with the marquee guy being Johnny Unanis. And uh, right, you know. Yeah. The SEC, there wasn't any black ball players in the SEC. I played against the black ball players when we played uh, Missouri and West Virginia and maybe Detroit, but there wasn't any in the SEC. Not in so the that SEC. Was, uh, you know, now, um, it used to. Did any of your other teammates from Kentucky end up going to the NFL? Oh, yeah. Bird went with the Raiders. And oh, Roger Bird, with, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Norton went with the Dolphins, and Big Doug Davis went with the Vikings, and, and Larry Seiple went with the Dolphins, and we well, had Seiple. a lot of guys. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of familiar names there, that's, a, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and, uh, Bob Windsor, who was my tight end. He was a junior, but he went with the 49ers. And uh, there was eight guys off of those. My junior and senior team had turned pro. Well, that's And stayed that's a while. Cool. There was a couple of guys got walk-on status, but that didn't last long. Didn't last long. I got you. Well, Kentucky was well represented in the NFL then. That's, that's for sure. Now, um, while... While in Baltimore, like you just mentioned, you uh, had the privilege of uh, being teammates with the great Johnny Unitas, who played at University of Louisville. So uh, tell me about your, your fondest memories of Unitas and what it was like to block for him out there on the field. Well, I knew about Johnny Unitas because Mojo played with him at the University of Louisville. And Mojo's first son, Johnny U, was his godfather. And so I knew about Johnny Unanis and had an affection for him, even, you know. So after I left Mojo, four years later, I'm playing with the great John Unanis. 
And you better that? keep the defensive guy off of him if you want to have any longevity with the Baltimore Colts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Of course, uh, Unitas was one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks of all times. In fact, uh, he broke all kinds of records while y'all were playing together, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, he held them all now with more games and you know, guys like Brady playing at 44. And, oh, you know, yeah. Some of those records have now gone, gone <laughs> down. But he was the greatest in his day. If he played again today, he'd still be great. <laughs> I believe it. We, we got, you know, I brought him to town for my football camp. People oh, said, how'd you get Johnny Unitas to Henderson? I said, hell, I called and asked him. <laughs> I said, you want me to let the defensive end tear your head off the next game? You better be nice to me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he came here, and a lot of Hendersonians got to see the great John Unitas because I asked him, he came. Yeah, all you had to do was... Just give him a call and ask him. Now, uh, how? It took a year. Took a year to get him to give me a date. So. Oh, it took him a year. Uh, well, we got him here. Hey, better late than never. <laughs> that's that's for, exactly right. That's for sure. Now, uh, but Johnny and I had a great brotherhood. You know, he liked my jokes, and well, uh, I can, he liked I can me imagine. being a country boy, <laughs> and uh, we had a great rapport. J- Johnny was a bit of a card too, wasn't he? Well, he liked my jokes better than anybody else, so that's all I needed to do. <laughs> Your jokes were his favorite. Now, how how old was Johnny when he retired? Uh, I can't tell you that for sure, but I'm gonna guess it was in the. He was in his late thirties. Late thirties. Gotcha. I was gonna say I knew he played for a long time, but but anyway, yeah, Brady's forty four. No telling when when Tom's gonna retire. <laughs> I guess Tom. Well, he's having his best season ever. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's having a good one down there in Tampa Bay. That's that's for sure. Now, um, which coach did you play for in Baltimore? Well, I played for Don Shula for four years. Don Shula, one of the greatest. And Don McCafferty, my last year, right? Oh, okay, McCafferty. Shula was the winningest football coach, and still may be in the NFL. If he's not, he's in the top five now. Because they're playing way more games. We only played 14 games. Now they're playing 16 games. And yeah, actually, they just added a 17th one this year, so that season just keeps getting longer and longer. <laughs> but it's, Your body can take, it only take so much. Yeah, that's you know, true. I, I left three years of my contract in Baltimore. I you? tell people I left lame. If I'd stay much longer, I'd have been a cripple. So, there's yeah, you phony about what you see on on television. Right. Yeah, you were you suffered some uh, some pretty crushing injuries late in your NFL career, didn't you? I always tell people every all pro defensive end was on my head just about every weekend. See, so <laughs> any any plays you made, any blocks you made, you really had to fight for them. Now. <laughs> I know right about the same time you played for the Colts, I believe Bill Curry was playing for the Packers. Did you ever play against Bill Curry? Oh, Bill Curry was my teammate with the Baltimore Colts. We played we played together four years. Great oh, friends. so you played together four years. Okay. Yeah, he played center. Yeah. Well, that's Colts, neat. Uh, the Packers traded him to us, and he 
immediately took over the starting job. And, uh, oh, he's a great friend of mine. Yeah, I'd for, <laughs> forgotten, I guess, that he had he joined the Colts well, after. He played for Coach Curry at UK. Have you talked to Bill Curry in a while? It's been a year or so, but I know me. I'll probably call him here in the next two or three nights and wish him Merry Christmas. Yeah. He's that, back in Atlanta. I was going to say, yeah. I know he started that Georgia State program some years ago. Well, Georgia State, he played at Georgia Tech. Then he right. took the first job and first football team that Georgia State ever had, and turned, you know, started their football program. Right. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was a Georgia Tech guy. Yeah, if he was a Tech guy, and you know, had some success there, and then put Georgia State's football program on the map later. Now, uh, your uh, your first shot at a title, Sam, came in. Super Bowl three, and although the Colts came up a bit short to the Jets, it had to be quite an honor for you folks to share the game with legendary Jets quarterback Joe Namath. So talk to me a little bit about your experience uh, playing in this game, and uh, what, what kind of problems did, did Joe Namath cause for, for the Colts' <laughs> defense? <laughs> well, we had all kind of opportunities in the red zone. Lou Michaels couldn't kick his own what, And we had guys that footballs bounced off with their sternum, their breastbone, and the ball pop up in the air and uh, get it intercepted. The last play of the first half, we threw a, a deal where the quarterback gives the ball to the running back, and the running back turns around and throws it to the quarterback. And Jimmy Orr's down there all by himself. And Earl Moore threw it across the field to Jerry Hill, our fullback, who had fingers about half the length of mine. Oh, <laughs> tiny fingers. We had we had all kind of opportunities to win that game. Oh, but goodness. Yeah, 16. We made, Joe, we made Joe Namath famous. <laughs> no question. We changed football. Well, he was... <laughs> He turned out to be one of the greatest, and of course we still see Joe on on some uh, television commercials here and there. But yeah, sixteen to seven was was the final, and uh, where was that Super Bowl played? It was played at the Orange Bowl. Both of my Super Bowls were played in the Orange Bowl in my in Miami. Oh, in Miami, gotcha. I guess um, I guess the Super Bowl was in Miami every year for a while, wasn't it? Well, it started off in Los Angeles, and I think only 17,000 people came to that game. And now, a ticket to the Super Bowl is beyond comprehension. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a couple thousand dollars. Out of most people's. <laughs> out of most people's price range, that's for sure. But uh, but anyway, yeah. But although Super Bowl three ended in disappointment, you returned to the big game a few years later and won Super Bowl five. You enjoyed a sixteen to thirteen victory over the uh, the Cowboys. Now, what uh, what formula did did your team use to conquer that battle, Sam? Well, it was tied in the fourth quarter with about 13 seconds on the clock. And we sent our rookie field goal, field goal kicker. He was a toe kicker, Jim O'Brien from the University of Cincinnati. Jim O'Brien. Yep. And uh, 
he kicked that thing and he said he had dreamed about it the night before. <laughs> so we kicked that and then there was a few seconds left and we kept off to the Cowboys. They run down the field, we shut them down. And from that time on, I've been a world champion. See, so it's it was it was a last second field goal by Jim O'Brien and his his dream came true, shall we say? But, uh, yes. but anyway, yeah. my dream came true too. Yes, <laughs> I always wanted one of them Super Bowl rings. Yes, and indeed. And six months later, after that game was played, it came to Henderson. Yeah, but six months later, that ring came to Henderson. In fact, that ring's still on your finger, isn't it, Sam? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got another neat one, too. I'm in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Kentucky, so. Yes. Indeed. And we'll talk, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the, the Kentucky Hall of Fame here in uh, just a sec. But uh, what, what do you remember about the celebration after that ball game was over, Sam? Well, we. He, our owner was really good to us. Carol Rosenblum sent us to the Caribbean for a week. Oh. That's kind of cool. That's and neat. They drive on, on the opposite side of the road over there. Some of our ball players had several wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it. <laughs> just weren't used to. That was, a, that was a good thank you from Mr. Rosenblum, who was really a great owner. And it's tragic death, you know. Yeah, Rosenblum passed. Uh, yeah, he drowned in, in in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, he drowned. Oh, that was a little know. scandalous too. So. Oh goodness, but, yeah, I I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that story, but. But anyway, and I'm guessing after after your victory in Super Bowl five, you probably uh, you and your teammates probably stayed up all night, didn't you? <laughs> no, I tell you what was neat. When the Super Bowl was over, we took bu- uh, buses over to Mr. Rosenblum's house. He had a gala party out in his front yard. Okay. Oh, he had a party in and his front yard. And guess who the first guy in line was to greet the football team. Who was that? Muhammad Ali. Oh, the great Muhammad. <laughs> the greatest Muhammad. So when I got to him, I said, Muhammad Sambal, University of Kentucky. He said, Sam, I know who you are. I read the Courier Journal. I went, ha-ha, <laughs> See, so he knew who Sambal was. Most known man on the planet knows this old country boy. Oh, <laughs> grew up on a gravel road, played for UK. Well, that said, I know who you are. <laughs> I read the Courier Journal. I said, "What an honor to have the most known man on the planet know who you are." That I remember his hand was real soft. His knuckles were pronounced, but inside of his hand, because he hadn't been hauling much hay like I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, his hand was baby soft inside. But what an honor just to meet him. And to him say, I know who you are, Sam. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. My jaw fell open. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> you know who I am? Oh, but that's great. And I know you'll never forget <laughs> shaking his head. Now, in um, in 2018, you were rightfully inducted into the Kentucky Athletic Hall of Fame. So uh, tell me a little bit about your induction ceremony and what uh, what that induction meant to you. Well, that was the very first uh, Hall of Fame that UK had ever put together. And our athletic director is the one that 
really got behind that. Now it's perpetuated through the years. And so I, you know, that meant a lot to me. I'm in nine Hall of Fames. But nine Hall of Fames. Hall of Famer at the university I played in. Yeah, that's and quite an honor. Now that was at um, the Galt House in Louisville, wasn't it? That ceremony. Well, let me tell you, I've, I've had Hall of Fame inductions in the Galt House and uh, and the uh, Muhammad Ali Center. Oh, that's right. I think it was in the Ali Center. And uh, Churchill Downs. <laughs> How about that? So it's pretty cool to be inducted in nine Hall of Fames. And then obviously, <laughs> and obviously, your uh, your NFL Hall of Fame induction was in Canton, Ohio. Well, the only thing out there, I, I, I hadn't been inducted into that, but my oh. name is on the trophy. And here's what's unique: they do it alphabetically. So my name was number one, and Johnny Unitas was the very last one. And so, for a joke, I tell people, I, I told you I was big in Baltimore. <laughs> oh, I see. So your name's on a trophy up there from from being on that Colts. Yeah, it's, on, it's on a World Championship trophy, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, you <laughs> to a degree you are in the in the NFL Hall of Fame. But speaking of uh, Unitas, well, the picture too of our our team is there too. Oh, and your team picture. Well, that's great. And um, we talked about Roger Bird a little bit ago, and he went in the, the uh, Kentucky Hall of Fame same time you did, didn't he? Let me think. I know he's in there. He might have gone in there a little before. Oh, yeah, you. he got in there. I don't think it was the same class I went in with. Oh, okay. But, uh, might have been a little wasn't before. long after that he got inducted. Quite an honor to be in the in Dodd Hall of Fames. And you mentioned uh, also previously that uh, you've done quite a bit of professional speaking in your time. Um, how long has it been since you've last spoken professionally at some sort of engagement? Uh, it's been a while. Uh Farthest I ever went was Calvary, Canada, Los Angeles, uh, all over the United States, other than up in the Northeast. I don't think, no country humor. <laughs> yeah, some of those some of those Yankees just don't get the redneck humor, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I tell people that it's humorous motivation. Humorous motivation, I love it. That's awesome. That's motivated too. What? What's What's the biggest crowd you've ever spoken in front of? Uh, over a thousand people one time. Over a thousand. <clears throat> hey, that's at a... the University of Illinois. Oh, that was in Champaign, huh? Gotcha. Well, that's neat. I know everybody enjoyed <laughs> hearing your your speeches and your advice. Nobody's ever wanted your money back. Is my best way to say that. You know? There you go. They've all been. I played for some pretty nice honorariums and I got to travel a lot of places and meet a lot of people and yeah and entertain a lot of people and motivate a lot of people <laughs> and stay in a lot of five-star hotels too right <laughs> pretty close yeah. <laughs> there you go that's that's definitely an added bonus but yeah I know people were very agreeable to to pay and listen to say a bobble. Well, you've been great, sir. I've sure enjoyed this. Now, last but not least, before we let you go, what would be your words of wisdom for future professional pigskin athletes wishing to follow in Sandball's footsteps? Well, nothing comes easy in life. No. And I paid a price in, in the weight room and on the track and when everybody else was driving around the Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm out up there. And then it, when I was in college and everybody else, when the season was over, were some place else in the sports center. And so, you know, I took it real serious because of Mojo. I built my life around Mojo and my mama. Francis Mojo Paul. and mama. Oh, <laughs> uh, the best, yeah. I and, love it. Uh, my yeah. latest induction speech, uh, I told him I was just an old lump of coal. But I'd be a diamond one day. Oh, that's said, <laughs> that's like I that old John Anderson of, song. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I told him it's my favorite lyric in country music. Oh, and, I love uh, it. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Because of my, my mom and Mojo that are in heaven. I said, hey, I'm getting close to becoming a diamond. <laughs> you need to come up here to my house I've got a DVD I'd be honored to show you pal a DVD oh is that a DVD with your speech on it yes oh I'd love to hear that yeah we're going to have to come up and, and grill some dogs and, and watch that <laughs> one of these days that sounds like a a big old time God has blessed me in so many ways Sam yes indeed you know I've lived so many dreams that little boys dream about yeah. I have done. Right. You know, even the kind of tractor I've got on my farm, and the kind of cars I've driven, the kind of friends I've met, the places I've got to go. You know, how many people in Harris, Kentucky, has played in Memorial Coliseum, Soldiers Field, Yankee Stadium? Oh, I know. You're talking to him. <laughs> yeah, very few could say that. And uh, gosh, even. Uh, Lambeau, that's one of the oldest fields, and I know you've played well, I there. I played at Lambeau, oh yeah. Yeah. I remember flying into there, looking out the window, and there was icebergs floating around in some of those lakes. I said, does my mama know where I am this weekend? Mercy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may not want to know. Oh, goodness. Well, well, I sure appreciate you coming on with us, Sam. I hope you've had as much fun as I have. Oh, I salute you, pal, and I'll hold you in high steam, okay? Oh, look at you. Your check's in the mail there, Sam. <laughs> what a way to cap off season four. Sam Ball is truly one of a kind, and man, what a career he had. Just think of all the current and former football players who would love to say they shared the field with the great Johnny Unitas. And what's more... There are a ton of NFL greats out there that never make the Super Bowl, much less win it. But Sam Ball played in two Super Bowls, was victorious in one, so he went 500 in the big game. And I would have loved to hear him speak back in the day when he did so on a regular basis because I know he had those audiences in the palm of his hands. I've talked to Sam off and on through the years. He's from my hometown of Henderson, my mom has also seen him on occasion because she's a retired school teacher and Mr. Ball would sometimes go into the schools and talk to kids about the importance of hard work, determination, all that fun stuff. And he would show off his Super Bowl ring, rightfully so, on his finger. And I know the students all got a kick out of that. But, boy, was it nice catching up with Sam Ball for this week's Blabbit in the Bluegrass. Thank you so much, sir for taking time to talk with me. We're going to have to make sure that you and I aren't strangers from this point forward because, gosh, that was a whole heck of a lot of fun. And we're going to have a whole heck of a lot more fun in two weeks 
on January the 5th, good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, that will be our next show. We are taking Christmas week off, so that'll give you folks time to play a little catch-up. You can contact me while we're off if you'd like. In fact, I hope you do via email at bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. I'm also here for you via the Facebook page. Just search Blabbing in the Bluegrass. If you're not already liking and following the Facebook page, I strongly encourage you to do so. And before we say goodnight and get ready for Santa Claus, we better do so quick because he comes early, I do have the highly anticipated answer to the Bluegrass Brain Buster which we brought to you at the beginning of the program. It is baseball-themed, and I know not too many of you are focused on baseball right now, but with any luck, spring training is right around the corner. Let's hope everybody resolves their differences so that the Major League lockdown comes to an end sooner than later. But for now, let's focus on the Brain Buster. I wanted to know the height and weight of the replica bat attached to the world-famous Louisville Slugger Museum. And your answer, it is 120 feet tall and 68,000 pounds. Yep, the replica bat that you see attached to the museum is 120 feet tall, 68,000 pounds. You know, the Louisville Slugger Museum is considered to be one of the greatest baseball museums outside of Cooperstown. And you know, Cooperstown, New York, is home to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. But if you're a big baseball fan, you've never visited the Slugger Museum, you are depriving yourself. And you need to check it out. I need to have somebody on here from the Slugger Museum, too, to give us even more insight. But don't wait on me. Check it out for yourself. Gain a lot of knowledge about the sport. You won't be disappointed. And while you're there... If it's during baseball season, you can check out a AAA game with those Louisville Bats at Slugger Field, which is located adjacent to the museum. That's always a big time. My buddy Brian Oaks is a big Louisville Bats fan, and he goes to as many games a year as he possibly can. So between the Bats, the Slugger Museum... That's almost a weekend. You can add some eateries, and gosh, <laughs> what a stay you've got. So come on back. We will have another Bluegrass Brain Buster in two weeks. But again, 120 feet tall and 68,000 pounds. That is the height and weight of the replica bat attached to the Louisville Slugger Museum. Be sure to uh, relive any of the episodes that you want to listen to again or catch those that you didn't via either the Facebook page or one of four podcast directories, you can listen and subscribe to the program free of charge on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal. We will talk to you again in 2022. Have a very Merry Christmas. Hope Santa leaves you a little something besides coal in your stocking. But until we talk again after the first of the year, keep laughing Keep smiling and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass. 
where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.